Hey, this is Gordon. It's Allison. And this is Just Add Soy Sauce, episode five. Yes, episode five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been avoiding this episode for, for about a week now. This episode kind of gets a little bit more raw. You used that word already, but even more. <laughs> <laughs> even more, and I would say, oh man, I guess every episode is kind of sensitive because... Well, we, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to get a dialogue going, so we got to talk about something, something that people aren't talking about usually. And so right. That's just Although this it. topic, I, th- I think we just got to stop beating around the bush. Okay, we're talking about racism today. <laughs> oh, it's not yeah. a laughing matter. Okay. It's yeah. not a laughing matter. So this is prompted because over the weekend, because it is AAPI month, mm-hmm. um, I guess there's just a lot more media out there broadcasting things about Asian American history, Asian American experiences. And mm-hmm. so we um, stumbled upon an Asian American docu- document, was a documentary, docu-series? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was on PBS, but we, we watched it on Amazon, but yeah. Does it's, that matter? <laughs> so they have an idea of what, you know, what type of It was a is. docu-series about Asian American. You see how we're beating around the bush because this is such a weird topic. Oh, okay. Such Go a on. hard topic. Carry on. Anyway, Carry so on. this this stems from a a conversation that we had after we watched this docu series. And it was about Asian American history. Mm-hmm. And it covered the spectrum of Asian American history from Chinese American and Japanese American to Filipino to um yeah, just the Southeast culmination. Asian. Yeah, Southeast yeah. Asian experiences. And I think we both left that docu-series with different responses. And then we started thinking about why were our responses so different. So I left that docu-series with, I feel guilty even saying this. Really, I do. Like, I feel guilty saying this because I know how important knowing our Asian American history is. Mm-hmm. But... I felt a sense of distance from the stories, even though they were about Chinese Americans and their, you know, experiences here in California or, or even the, in, in, you know, Bay Area or whatever. Like, I felt removed and distanced from those stories, even though I think I was supposed to feel moved to action. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's so ironic because out of the two of us here, you're more connected to your Chinese identity. But then when you <laughs> when you saw these things that happened to Chinese people and the history of Chinese in America, you're, you said you're distanced, which is so fascinating to me because it's like you have a greater connection to, to your Chinese identity, which is... Yeah, which is interesting. Which is baffling. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and, then, yeah. and then your experience response to the docuseries is different. So... Yeah, I, I watched the whole thing uh, with you, and you know what? Like as it went on, like I just I, I felt myself getting emotional. Not not like crying, but like there was something in me where it's like, wow, like I can't think clearly, mm. and um, and that's why that's why I couldn't talk about it really after you know for a couple of days because I that it still like lingered, and um, the best way I could describe it is. Um, the images and and the retelling of these stories it it was it was kind of like it, it was kind of traumatic 
for me. Mm. And I don't want to use the, the term PTSD in an in a official sense, not a diagnostic sense. But it was kind of like I was giving myself PTSD like by like watching it and learning it again. And I knew all this history already. But like, you know, seeing... And they talked a lot about the tragedies and the, yeah. you know, the, the, the hard struggles right. and experiences. Right, right. Yeah, so I, I was kind of like giving myself PTSD. And so yeah. I was like, yeah, so I just needed some time. And, um, and I guess we can go right into that, right? PTSD comes from an initial trauma, right? Yeah. Tra- post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Right. And so, well, and so that's why we started talking about, okay, why were our responses so different yeah, to yeah. something that is common to the both of us? Or supposed to be common to the both of us sure. in terms of like mm-hmm. a Chinese American history or Asian American sure. history, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. why did we respond so differently? And we were like, yeah. And, and this is kind of this tendency whenever we talk about race Yeah, I'm issues. definitely way more sensitive. Yeah, you definitely, yeah. there's definitely a, a lot more of a sensitive emotional um, mm-hmm. burden. Yeah. I would say burden mm-hmm. for you okay. when we talk about it. And, and I feel like I can, I can't. Not to say it doesn't burden me. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. So, like, not no, to say it doesn't burden me. I go to you with these things when I see something, and I go to you as more of an objective view. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't make you as emotional. Right. Yeah. And and it's helpful for me. Right. But, yeah, that's what I noticed that you you don't you don't like yeah you don't get affected um, like that. Right, yeah. to the point where I can't think clearly. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. there are things that make me do that. Like, yeah. There are, yeah. I have certain buttons. Yeah, you but know, it's, not, it's not race. It's yeah. not race. And, but, and then so we thought, we got to talking, why do we respond differently? And, it, I, and, and I think it comes back to how we responded or even saw racism in our earlier days. Like, what informed our experiences with racism. Mm. And I think you and I experienced that very differently. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't mind going first and talking about my experience because I do think that yours might be a little bit more sensitive. Okay, sure. Do you want to go first? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Because for me, and again, this is kind of shameful for me to, to say that, but as I said in my, in the, you know, in the earlier episodes, I grew up in an environment, at least in my early childhood to middle school to high school days with a large amount of Asian American people around me. Mm-hmm. And um, even moving from a more city environment to a more suburban environment, um, it was still largely Asian American. So my, my circles of friends were Asian. Were Asian. And, and so I guess I'll, I'll center in on the... Um, the high school days, right? Because I, that's when I moved into the more suburb area. And the more suburb area, that's where I felt it the most, where I felt there was a difference mm-hmm. between Asian people and then the dominant culture mm-hmm. or the dominant race. Yeah. And I felt it, but I also felt like it didn't really affect me that much because there was also an equally large amount of people that looked like me and I found my belonging there and so therefore I gravitated towards people who were Asian and not necessarily Asian American though right 
Um, I gravitated towards people who were pretty like we spoke predominantly Cantonese、mm-hmm. as a group of friends, and we didn't do things that typical Asian American kids did. You know, we definitely lean more on the side of the Cantonese American, like Cantonese side、mm-hmm. of things. Yeah, fresh off the boat side. Yeah, yeah. you know,、mm-hmm. like. Which is so unique. That's not a. That's not a. But there common, was a group of people. There that, are, but、yeah. that's not the majority. And so、right? the majority of my friends in high school, you know, like you said, all our conversations were not like this. All our conversations, like we all sp- spoke fluently in Cantonese, and we all spoke fluently in English. But the majority of the conversations that we had, it was not like, oh, you have to speak to your mom in Cantonese or your dad in Cantonese, right? right? We chose to speak in Cantonese、yeah. as part of our social circle. We would go to karaoke, we would go hot pot, and that would be the things that we did. We, like, we didn't really bust out English until we needed to do something more on the slightly American side. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so that was my group of friends in high school, and that that was that was my circle. Like we were we were so close, and.、Um, We lived the. I feel like we lived culturally Chinese. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I didn't really feel as though. I I hate it. I don't even know why. Like I don't feel like it's the right way to articulate it. So you'll have to correct me on here. Like、mm-hmm. I don't feel like the racism necessarily affected me, because I was safe in my circle. Am I saying that right? I think I think like uh, yeah. No, that's that's totally fine to say. Yeah, I think I think a sociologist or whatever or a PhD person would be like, well, racism made you respond that way, to to be in your and own, it's likely that's to, true <laughs> to be in your own Chinese ghetto, you know, and、yeah. and fair, that's fair. It was not ghetto. We lived in the suburbs. I mean, <laughs> in quotations, meaning like in asylum. In asylum, in, in your own. Yes,、okay. I much preferred, and there was a safety there. Yeah, and that is how I chose to、and、respond. A, yeah, that's it. You respond to racism that way. And、Correct. how I would describe it for you is like the, you know, and and you you are not the type to be overly sensitive and waving a flag and, you know, right, you know, doing a lawsuit on somebody, like, like I but I I felt like your racism was more covert, you know, it's、yeah. just it was like it wasn't it wasn't direct direct, right?、And、like the best I can say was like, like where I could feel it most poignantly was like you know I was in. One of the grocery stores, and then I get a certain stare from from somebody of the dominant culture, and I'm like,、mm, I obviously don't belong here. She stared at me for quite some time. I believe we should leave. And then I remembered never to go to that grocery store, not to frequent that grocery store、mm-hmm. because that's not a grocery store that I felt comfortable in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The look was get out of my backyard. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But a person from the dominant culture could say, "How could you know that?" And we can't say we know. We for can't.、Sure. Okay. We can't. Okay. Yeah. But I definitely felt more comfortable in different grocery stores. <laughs> right. 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 You didn't get that same look <laughs>、yes. somewhere else, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but who knows, right? We can't say. Yeah.、Um, right. But. But that was kind of what I. That was the extent of what I felt, at least in my high school days. So I'll turn it over to、yeah. you before I. No,、side. yeah. I mean, that that's that was my concern. I mean, I think we can talk about this for about fourteen hours. So let's not. Yeah, let's not. Yeah. So let's <laughs> let's kind of move along. But yeah, I, I feel like、uh, my experience has just been more、um, explicit, more overt instead of covert.、Mm. And let me just break it down as simply as I can, so we can move on.、Uh, I mean, like, so like when it came to other races、uh, that were also minorities. 
it generally resorted to some sort of violence.、Mm. And, you know, I'm glad that it was not easy to get guns back in the day、mm. and stuff like that. But, like, it would just end up whether it be shoving,、uh, punching, like fights. It's just like, I it just resorted to that. And,、um, yeah. And then, but when it came to、um, the dominant culture, when it came to、uh, just interacting with, Uh, with, with the white population, it was either、uh, verbal, so you know, slurs,、mm. or it was either、um, just they understood the dynamic and、um, we would lose out on a situation. So, for example,、mm. like it was a place of business, and clearly, like me by myself or me with a group of other minorities were, were waiting to be served,、mm-hmm. but, the, but the dominant group understood, like. Uh, yeah, we could, we could probably like、mm-hmm. go our way to the front. Yeah, and, yeah. And、uh, so it would just happen. Like they would understand that they would have this dynamic and that we couldn't do anything about it、mm. unless we ratcheted it up into some sort of argument or violence. Yeah. And, but they understood it'd be like, if it went there, like, and it went to, you know, law enforcement or whatever, it's、mm-hmm. like, you wouldn't win this.、Mm-hmm. And we all understood that.、Mm-hmm. So it, it, we were generally. Mistreated in a more covert way, and we were silenced because we understood it wouldn't end well for us when、mm. it came to the dom- dominant culture. Okay.、Um, okay. No, I know. And well, no, so it's a, it's a sensitive topic, but I think that, again, we both decided to respond a different way to racism. And where, where, where we found that to kind of fail us. <laughs> In, in certain ways,、um, was it was right around grad school, I think, for me. When,、uh, well, no, I went off to college and I was still, you know, still predominantly in my more Cantonese circle, you know, of, of community.、Um, and I was still very much in that culture.、Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of when you and I met. Yeah. That, that's、mm-hmm. where our stories come together. And that's why you thought I was an immigrant at the yeah, time yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when we first met, right. right? Because even coming back from college, I, that was me. And,、um, and, and so when I came back from college, then I get into grad school and、um, right, I, come back to, I come back to the Lord. And I realized that there was a whole side of an experience that I had been unaware of. And it's because I, like, I started walking, not walking away from, but that, that circle of friends was no longer my community.、Um, and, and we were trying to form a different lifestyle, a different community.、Um, and so then, again, more exploratory time. And I started、um, trying to look for some healing on my, my own journey.、Mm-hmm. And so I put myself in situations where I was extremely uncomfortable. Like, this, this was completely opposite of what I had lived the last ten, five, ten, ten, ten years of my life.、Okay. And I, so I put myself in situations like, you know, I was the, the after school、um, teacher or whatever for、um, some fourth and fifth graders,、um, majority black and Hispanic、mm-hmm. population. And I was literally the only Asian person on campus.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it was. It was eye opening、mm-hmm. yeah. for me. And, and that, I think, was my first real experience of understanding 
the reality of racism and what that might feel like. Like, remember I told you about that park incident? So yep. I brought the kids mm-hmm. to, to this park in the neighborhood. And it's so interesting the way that our city is made up. It's like there will be the more impoverished neighborhoods surrounded by a, a pocket of wealthy yeah. neighborhoods. Yeah, yeah. And so we happen to walk into the park which was affluent neighborhood which was territory. A, yeah, yeah, which was affluent neighborhood which territory. Which was just a block away from... Unbeknownst yeah. to me, though. And, right. I'm, and I just felt so naive looking back at it. But, you know, they're fourth and fifth graders. Mm-hmm. They're at a park. You expect them to run around. You expect them to be loud. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing. They were yeah. doing what fourth and gr- fifth graders needed to do. And again, I'm the only Asian. <laughs> right? And, and so... And then we, we get to this park and there's, there's um, a Caucasian um, female with her kids. Mm-hmm. And already I can sense the, the tension. You get, know? Out of, get out of my backyard. Yes, yeah. right? Uh-huh. And I'm just like, okay, well, no, everything should be fine. You know, because I come from a background like, everything should be fine. Because objectively it was fine. Yes. We just at there a park was, and exactly. kids were playing at a park. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I get a comment that tells my kids to calm down and not yeah. be so wild. And I'm just like, wait, hold on. What? Like, yeah. they're at a park. Yeah. What do you mean? And, and me in my very unpracticed, insecure self as, a, as an Asian American at the time, you know, who had been predominantly in my Chinese bubble, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't know how to respond other than, okay, now I'm super on guard and I'm like going around to all my kids and I'm just trying to make sure that they're okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to say anything to stop them from playing, but at the same time, I didn't really know how to protect them either. And I felt so guilty. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I felt so guilty for bringing them into an environment like that. Yeah. Because I felt like, oh my gosh, looking back, like, really? What did you expect? Like, you should have known better, Allison. Yeah, to put them in a situation where someone would make them feel less than. Could have made them, yeah, yeah made them mm-hmm. feel less than. And right. I felt so guilty. Mm-hmm. And and so then that's when I'm starting to learn, oh my goodness, there is a whole nother world because I chose to respond by staying in my safe environment where I belonged, where I spoke the language, mm-hmm. and where I decided to be completely Asian and and really dabble not very much in american culture or american like american things you know mm-hmm. that there was a, really a complete side of me that was that was foreign and i realized that like i'm not very useful mm-hmm. because i chose to respond a certain way in my own life to stay in my bubble yeah yeah and that's like that that started my learning experience yeah I guess your whole point was you're missing out on experiences mm-hmm. because of what you chose. I responded to whatever I felt at the time by putting myself mm. out there, yeah. you know, and it didn't get me anywhere. Okay. But, but like it, it was, I mean, I was young, so it was not well thought out, but for some reason it was more or less unspoken, but in my circles, in, you know, in my community, like it's like as an Asian American, there's a green light to go to these neighborhoods at these times, mm, or mm. You should, like this is what an Asian American does. This is what where they eat or what they do for fun. 
these are the types of cars they drive these are the hobbies they have these are the music they listen to mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. these these are in the realm of you're gonna be fine if you do any of these mm-hmm. and for some reason I don't know why it's it's I wasn't okay with it mm. like even though I, I saw the safety in that mm-hmm. where like yeah, 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 this totally, this will totally work. Like my life will be very simple and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uncomplicated. But for some reason, I wasn't content with that, and so I would just do strange stuff and pick different hobbies. Not necessarily because I liked them, but because they were quote unquote not Asian, mm. not Asian at the time, you know. Yeah. And I'm not saying other Asians didn't do it, but none of my friends did. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And so. Were you looking for more acceptance by doing these things? You know, or were you just looking to not be one of those Asians? Yeah, what I saw in that in those decisions was, dude, like that has fear written all over it. What you guys are doing, like mm. all these hobbies and these these majors, these these fields of study. Everything it's like that has fear written all over it. I'm like, if I can smell that, other people can totally smell that. Other people outside our community can totally smell that. And it's mm. like, I do not want to be associated with this. Like, I need to figure out another way. Yeah. Like, if I were to dig down really deep, I knew that deep down in myself, I was afraid too. Mm. You know, I, I knew that there were dynamics out there that, that is hostile to me by the mm. way I look. And and I saw option A, Asian American option A was stick to these these paths, mm. you know, stay in these backyards, stay in these timelines, these curfews. I'm using very trigger words here. Yeah. But yeah, th- yeah. these are what they are. Yeah, yeah. And and you're gonna be just fine. And and by the way people talked about these things, I'm like, do you see yourself? Do you look yourself in the eye? You are completely scared. You are completely complying and compromising. And it's like, that's pathetic. And it's like, I'm scared too, but like, how come I, I, I couldn't bring myself to comply like that? So obviously, but eventually I did comply many times. Because ironically, when you put yourself into those situations, I'm an even greater minority. You got yeah. hurt. Yes. Oh yeah. Cause I was, I was a minority and by myself, which was stupid. Yeah. And because at least if you played by the rules as other Asian Americans, like, we actually had each other. Yeah. And, but for some reason, like, I don't know. It was just a way to try to exude a type of strength that I didn't have. Mm. And and I tried all these different things and did all these things on my own. And, and you know, maybe, maybe that's why I got discriminated so much. Because <laughs> I put myself out there. You where put I, yourself in circles where you weren't supposed to be. Where, where I shouldn't belong. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. didn't have the support, you know. Yeah. And I didn't have a community. And, and and maybe that's why I'm so messed up now. <laughs> so like that I have this residual anger, this residual sensitivity. And, um, you know, but back in the day, you know, like I'd be like, I tried to verbalize these things mm. and, and, and there was just no, no vocabulary for it. But, but that's not true. I mean, p- activism and all this awareness has been around for a long, long time before I was even talking about it. But like, just say, for example, I, I, I vividly remember summer school class, junior year. It was like a health ed s- slash like social sociology class. 
Yeah. And and most all the popular people took it because the person teaching it was the varsity football coach, and he was a really cool guy. And um, he he was a white dude, cool dude. And and for some reason they we had to talk about sex sex ed and that passed, and now we had to talk about race. Mm. And then we had to spend three hours talking about race. And literally, like I didn't I didn't expect anything to come out of me, but I was just listening. I was just listening. And the class demographics were, I would say, 20% white, 70% Asian, okay, and like 10% black and brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so here we are, like an hour in, like every single thing out of a person's mouth is like uh, about like black history or about white privilege. And like, I just started raising my hand, acting like a fool. I'm just like, dude, 70% of people are Asian in here. And I just started talking about like, what has happened to me. And I'm like, that happens all the time. Yeah. Why aren't we talking about this? Yeah. And like the, the, the football coach, he, you know, we, him and I had an interesting relationship. Like I had gym class with him all the time. And um, so he has a rapport with me. Yeah. Like, so he knows me. Uh-huh. And he knows, like, I'm not, like, a regular dude. <laughs> so he okay. gave me the space. Yeah, yeah. He gave me the space, even though he couldn't understand. Literally, after class, he was like, whoa, that was that was a sensitive topic. And I was making a fool out of myself. I was just, like, saying stuff. I don't even know what I said. but Interesting. But I was trying to be like, no, Asians need a voice here. This this binary conversation is not even relevant. There's, like, three black, black people in here, and they're totally fine. Like, with who they are. They have no problems. And, like, there's a white population here that's just, like, they know exactly what to say. And yeah. they know this better than us because they, they read way better than us. Yeah. But I'm, like, the 70% of you should be ashamed of yourself. Like, Your how... angry self-thought. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I started, started raising my hand and started talking gibberish. <laughs> and and at the end of the... And I know I wasn't making sense, you know. And But then at the end of the class, like, I walked to the bus stop and, you know, some of my classmates were with me. It's, like... Dang, Gordon, like, thanks for saying something. But I didn't know what the heck you were saying. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I didn't know either. And it was so, like, undefined for me. But, like, that's, that's kind of me. Like, I was like, no, we have a problem here. Yeah. You know, with Asian American identity and with what we're doing. This is high school? Yeah, with the status quo. Like, Mm. there's a problem here. Yeah. Does no one see this? Yeah. And, and I was just crying out for help. Like, you know, just yeah, kind of yeah, like, yeah. I need help with this. Like, right. You know. And well, and I remember you telling me, yeah, that's what you're trying to say. Like, you didn't have le- necessarily a group of people who resonated with that experience. Yeah. Like, even, even they though they were... They knew that it was happening, but they didn't want to speak about it. I wonder if they responded like I did, where it was like... No, but they weren't like you. They didn't go to their Chinese identity. They're trying to build this, like, yeah, I feel like they jumped the gun. They're trying to make this Asian American identity, mm. but it's built on a foundation of fear. I see. You know, it's built mm. on a foundation of compromise. And I'm like, dude, no one's going to respect that. Mm. Okay? Mm. Like, I need you to build a foundation on something that you you can actually stand on. Not just because, oh, this is what we have. Uh, let's just hmm. work with that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And and I'm just like, no, you cannot, you cannot keep doing this. This is not gonna work out for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know what the answer was, and I still don't. 
Yeah. But it wasn't that. Right, right, and, right. And that's why I tried all these different things. Yeah. But I tried it all by myself. Yeah. And, and that's what got me messed up. Well, and, and so I think that where we're trying to kind of find a, what would you say, a middle ground is because I think both of us have experienced a certain response to what we felt from the dominant culture. Mm-hmm. I went to my bubble of Chinese first and rejected everything American, but also then learned that I was missing out on a lot of things that made me, I don't want to say useless, but I, I want to say like it minimized my sphere of influence. There you go. There you okay. go. That's what I'm trying to say. It minimized my sphere of influence. Okay. And, and so then I started realizing, oh, okay, there, there can be a balance then. There can be a balance of um, being connected with my Chinese culture, my Chinese roots, and knowing and understanding it and loving it. Mm-hmm. But then there can, there can also be an embracing of things that are American, like how um, we, like there's a certain social justice stance or heart Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that the American culture has, yeah, that is rooted in something that we believe in Christianity, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And and that's a beautiful thing, mm-hmm. right? And why can't it be merged, yeah, with the Chinese culture and background, yeah, right? Yeah. And I didn't have to pick a side necessarily, even though I chose one side. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I learned that oh, okay, so there's a way to merge this. And I've also never responded the way you have, though. I've never responded and gone all the way over to American side and rejected everything mm-hmm. Chinese mm-hmm. because I also felt like I, I, I didn't feel like that benefited me. Yeah, yeah. In any way? I would say the exact same phrase. I left it because it wouldn't have benefited me. Being the youngest, you know, my, my immediate family wasn't necessarily successful. I wasn't going to climb up that social ladder. On the Chinese side, on the Chinese and I side. lost so much of the language already. It's like this is an easy choice. I mean, I, I only, I can only go one route, mm-hmm. like the American side. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And and yeah, I just doubled down on that. Right. What I'm trying to say is that I learned that I didn't have to choose a side. I'm able to interact with a lot more people, embracing both sides, embracing both the mm-hmm. Chinese side and the American side in me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I, are you following? Yeah, I mean, first I want to say, again, like I, I in the in the episode talking about family, I was like, it, the situation was more ripe for you. Like you were the older in your generation. Not that mm. you didn't experience family problems. Yeah, yeah. But, but like you actually had some social currency, you know. Yeah. And, and so, and you kept the language. You know, yeah. I feel like those are those are key factors in. That helped me to stay connected. In making that choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so... Well, I would say it's like for your experience, what I've witnessed about you, and again, just from the get-go of our relationship, mm-hmm. I already, like, we had a lot, a lot of our initial conversations were about race. Hmm. Okay. Do you remember that? Like, Remind I, me. I don't... Well, no, that's how I remember you. Like, you told oh, me all these stories. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, and yeah, I remember we were at work, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Do I have to explain that to you? 
Like, yeah, like, I, yeah. I remember saying that. I'm like, no, really. Like, I'm playing, I'm, I'm telling you this story. You don't know how this ends. Like, That's what I'm yeah. saying. Like, yeah. you, a lot of our initial dialogues and conversations were about race and yeah. your experiences with, you know, growing up in the city that you did. And uh, yeah, just a lot of the, the hurt experiences yeah. that you had. Yeah. And a lot of that was around race. Mm-hmm. And so I remember it from the beginning of our relationship, even before we were married, that this was always a sensitive topic for you. So as I've been married to you for 10 years, and this obviously is a conversation around our, you know, our house all the time, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. about race. And then, um, and I've seen your journey with it. Mm-hmm. I've seen your journey with it. I don't feel like you're as angry as you were in the past, mm-hmm. but I think it's in the more recent past where you've made the decision that, um, And you said it was because of the pandemic that made you think this, but you said in your more recent, you know, years, um, you've realized that there's only so far you can go as an Asian person in the American culture. Mm -hmm. And then you're finding your way back to some kind of that middle ground. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I've definitely realized that there is a lot of anger that is unproductive mm. so i can't i can't just keep that you know yeah and um our mentor was was on a youtube just talking about how if you live for the next protest it's uh, you get that you get that dopamine dump you get that high mm. and and you get almost that purpose but you just it's kind of like a drug almost if you per- like only focus on the protest but you don't invest in in community or identity or something further other than the protest you're just gonna just go highs and low and then you get the dump of dopamine and then you see another awful thing on the news and then you're gonna get that stress reaction mm. and then you just go from really high to really low really high to really low like a drug addict mm. and then eventually your body is gonna break down your mind is gonna break down and this was in the YouTube yeah on the interview that he had oh yeah and and I thought that was such an interesting observation mm. and um, where it's like you'll just be destroying yourself mm. like even though like speaking out peaceful protest not wrong at all like mm-hmm. we, we we've we've gotten more rights from that mm-hmm. but if you just do that alone and you ride on those highs and lows mm. it's like you will be hurting yourself eventually in the long run mm. and that kind of stuck with me and it made me more serious about the anger I hold in myself mm. like when I when I see things or when I hear things and and I'm like no this is only just gonna kill me mm. and and it's not productive like I can't channel this anywhere like right now mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. really like it's really about being aware of that unproductive anger yes be 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 passionate about justice and, but but know when I'm getting carried away. That's my own responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And um, no, yeah. There, there are times where you talk me down. And I'm like, no, you're right. You're right. That particular situation might not have to do with race at all. At all. I yeah. agree. Uh, it's probably the 19 things that I said beforehand that caused <laughs> that situation, even if I wasn't Chinese. Uh, and I was like, I can see that. Yeah, but there are a few times where I'm like, no, no, this is yeah. this is a real thing. And, right. And no, I'm not. I'm not letting go of that one, and and yeah, we could we could disagree, but it's not it's it's not a big deal. It's I mean, not. I know you see me. I know you. Understand well, yeah, me. and I've also learned that 
the way that I respond to your your experiences, mm-hmm. knowing that there's an anger there, I think I've also changed, because I think it's important to recognize that that does happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to recognize that does happen, yeah. and that that experience that you felt, like I can totally understand how you could have perceived it mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. that particular light, and how that could have caused anger, given your your past history. Yeah. Right. Or caused. Yeah. Anyway. So like, I think it's been important for me to also validate that experience. Yeah. Um, and then turn into productive energy though. What, what I dream, what I hope for, what I want for myself is like, I want to know what we bring to the table because that's what will make, that's what will define your Americanness. Mm. I try to, approach Asian Americanness by going the American side and I'm like I didn't go very far <laughs> I just got burned a lot yeah, yeah and and like here I am trying to walk back to the Asian side and even though you say the Asian side is um, not fully connected to the American side yet yeah but it's like I truly believe when I go back to the Asian side I will find what is that we bring to the table for Americans mm. that will benefit America? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and but but that's that's the thing. I don't feel like Asian Americans are going enough. Asian Americans are going back to the Asian side and be like like digging for that. What is that thing that we have that will that will contribute to America? Yeah. And and that's the foundation I'm talking about. Instead of of a fear, the, I feel like. It, to do that though to for for a person to come back let's say with who resonates with your story who mm-hmm. has stepped away who had chosen to deliberately step away from the more chinese asian asian uh-huh. side sure. right for that person who walked away like it would be hard maybe for them to come back to the asian side because there's a reason why they walked away. Yes. Right? And so they need to understand, We well, that's how you're coming back, right? You needed to first even admit to the fact that you did walk away yep. from that side of you. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, when you had that aha moment, mm-hmm. it was a bittersweet moment for you, wasn't it? I, I reacted to, oh, Asian Americans are generally operating this way out of fear, and myself being afraid... I'm going to operate another way. See if I can get another result. But I didn't actually find my identity. And I got burned. Mm-hmm. You know, I look like a clown. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I did all these different hobbies. I did all these different things. I went to all these different neighborhoods, tried to get all these different groups of friends. And ended up just... Empty. Bankrupt. Or it's hard to push yourself to come back to the Chinese side or Asian side or try to even explore that side. Mm-hmm. Um, because... You need to believe there are good things about the Asian culture first. And I'm not sure, at least what I've heard, I'm not, from people who have typically turned away from the Asian culture, Mm -hmm. like, I'm not sure they see where there are beauties and where there are good things in the Asian culture that Mm -hmm. they can grab onto. Mm -hmm. And I think that's worth the conversation too. Like, what is it about the Asian culture that does complement what you've learned in the American culture. 
and that's your Asian American identity, right? You bring the best of both worlds yeah. into yourself, and that's who you are. That's your Asian Americanness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> it's just you. Okay. <laughs> no, um, no, no. We talked about a very sensitive matter, and I think that it's important to just clear up with the with listeners. Yeah. yeah. So, what I'm okay with is we talked about observations we made, and... I feel okay about that because that's just our lived experience and um, the observations are what they are. And But the part where I start to feel uncomfortable is when we're trying to make sense of those observations about you know our surroundings, about our Asian American community, then that, that's when it gets kind of sticky. Whereas, yeah, we, we don't know if it's fact or true what we believe, those mm-hmm. reasons behind those observations. Mm-hmm. But... But we say them and we, we record them anyways, knowing that they may not be correct, is we're trying to get a dialogue. Like it's, I think it's important. I that think is it's voiced, a, yeah. I think There's because I think the questions, the questions are natural. Mm-hmm. The yes. questions are normal. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to, we just say give permission to ourselves. Like it's, it's mm. important to be able to ask those questions. Yeah. Even like if that. we don't have the answers or we I don't like know what the answers are. In order to move forward effectively, we need to have some sort of unity or consensus of where we belong of what our identity is. Right. And, you know, before we move forward, our argument is maybe we have to look back for a second. And, and, and I think the media and the the very normal type of conversation right now is like, well, we have looked back. Look at our history. We recorded history. We've done these docu-series. We've done history, all that. Uh, We even have classes and colleges for it and yada, yada, yada. But I think another step would be your personal story, your personal family story within that history. Right. That that matters. And that's the connection you were talking about because you felt disconnected, right? Well, yeah, and that's what I was going to bring it back to just to try to end this because I started with the fact that, you know, we're saying that the questions are important because that's how you and I have come to learn about each other and how our thoughts, thought processes were. Because, again, we came from very different perspectives Mm -hmm. uh, regarding race, racism. Um, But it is because we had conversations, because we had questions of each other to trying to listen and understand about each other and where Mm -hmm. we came from that even though there are areas where we may not always agree, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is okay, you know, we can still have a conversation about it Mm -hmm. and we can still work together and, and function together. Yeah. Right. Despite differing viewpoints, despite different perspectives. And and so how like I feel like, again, we started this episode by saying um, we were reflecting on our responses, mm-hmm. both different to that docuseries. Yeah. And I think what you're right about story and bringing it personal is because one of the, the conclusions that we came to after having this dialogue is that the reason I felt kind of disconnected from the historical mm-hmm. um, journey yeah. of the people here uh, in China, the Chinese American, Asian American history here, is because I didn't necessarily 
or I didn't know whether or not I had a personal story that could be related to that. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember, like, during the entire time of the Chinese American episode, right? They're talking about the refugees who came over on the boats, and mm-hmm. they're talking about was it the Paper Sons? There was two segments. the The Paper Sons part was the Chinese side, but also the the refugees on the boat was the Vietnamese side, which right. are related to both. Which related? Yeah, re- you're related. Yeah, to both. I relate to so, both, right? Yeah. And then you know, just hearing it on the docu series, I'm like, was my dad one of those guys, right. or was my mom one of those people? Because I've heard tidbits right. of the stories right. um, in my family yeah. that I've had to try to piece together. Yeah. But my family doesn't use terms like, "Oh, we were refugees," or like, yeah. you know, "I was one of those." paper sons you know like they don't say it like that like i'm hearing their cantonese and how they describe their experiences over so i'm asking you the entire time like hey hey is is my dad one of those and we're like we don't know (laughs) you know and automatically for me that was like hmm okay it like i don't know if it's even selfish like i feel like it wouldn't even really come real to me Uh unless like it would be a different experience watching that historical docuseries if I knew yeah. that, oh, my family actually was in that situation. Yeah. You know? So you can say, that is my story. Right. Instead of, oh, that's the, quote, like, Chinese American story. Right. And I belong to that. No, no, like, it, it became completely a part of your identity when, when you know, if and when you know the whole thing. Right, and right. Yeah. So I, I agree. That's a step. If you can take that step, you know. To go like asking, that, to go That would explore. be invaluable, yeah, you know. Yeah. That would be an asset to you. Right. And um, and that's all we're saying. Yeah. That's all we're saying. And that's why we're delving into this yeah, topic. Exactly. Yeah, we're, we're no, by means, no, by no means any expert right. on right. race, race relations. No. You know, definitely no, 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 not no. Yeah. Chinese-American experience. This is strictly our own experience. Right. And there's so many, I think you made a really great point, you know, like we live... In California oh that's true you know and and, and th- that's yeah. the capital of yeah. Asian and Asian America you know of, you know so I mean if a person listening is in another state you know yeah. where there isn't a lot of Asian community that's a whole different story that's a whole different very context, different you know? experience very different and context yeah so yeah. so by no means our two experiences that we said on this episode is it any benchmark for any other Asian right. experience, right, so, right. So by no means are we naive to that. So right. yeah, we're not trying to say that either. Yeah, but I mean, we can wrap it up. This is this is a packed conversation. We and so this is not going to be the first, the first or the last time that right. we're talking yeah. about. So there's know. more to unpack, and, yeah. and we'll try to fit it in in other episodes and make sense of things. Yeah. But uh, thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys. See you later. Bye. Bye.